0: Direct from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this is Blind Living Radio from Industries for the Blind. You
1: are listening to Blind Living Radio, sponsored by Industries for the Blind. My name is Danielle Crapo. I am one half of the hosting team, and I am joined in the studio by Harley Thomas, my co-host. Hey, Harley.
2: Hello, Danielle. How are you today? I am fabulous, and
1: joining us today is our friend, Kelsey Baldwin. Kelsey is the social media community manager at Industries for the Blind. Hi, Kelsey. Hello.
2: We have the whole gang together here, we the whole do. social media group. The
1: whole crew. That's right.
2: It's a lot of fun to have the whole crew together. Again. It is.
3: It is. It is. So, Kelsey, what do you do at Industries for the Blind? I, like you said, manage the social media community. So, I work on Twitter and Google Plus and LinkedIn and a lot of fun. Yeah, and we tag team stuff pretty regularly, right? Yes, we work <laughs> together closely, all of us.
2: And so that our listeners know, Danielle, no. I see Vala is curled up at your feet yet she again.
1: Is. She's well, actually,
2: she's not really curled up.
1: No, she's kind of like secretly trying she's, to go see Kelsey.
2: She's called out a little bit. <laughs> there. Just kind of fun, which is a good segue into our actual show.
1: Yeah, today we're talking a little bit about etiquette, uh, having to do with service dogs and the blind, and actually the deaf-blind is well. It's a pretty good topic. Um, so I guess we first want to talk about a service dog etiquette. We did a show about service dog etiquette, which you can find at blindlivingradio.com. If you the
2: do's want and don'ts.
1: That's right. The do's and don'ts. And so if you want to take a listen to that is it is available on the website. We have a new topic today. And Kelsey, you had asked me about this
3: topic recently and it's about um, identification of service dogs, right? Yeah. I, this is a very popular topic on social media channels and you know, really just the the etiquette as far as identification and how you go about your everyday life with a service dog and, you know, going into different establishments and just how to handle that. I'm I'm very curious about that topic, as are a lot of our followers.
2: I thought identification was the dog had a harness on is Isn't that all there is, Danielle? I
3: think it's a little yeah. more in-depth than that, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: nowadays with, you know, there's always a good and bad side to everything. So with the invention of the internet, we have great things like online shopping and And social media, but then there's also places online that unfortunately are issuing um, service animal credentials to pets. So that's no way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's happening more and more. Actually, there've been pets brought on flights, uh, commercial flights, and uh, brought into uh, public establishments, and they're being passed off as service animals. They're not
2: professionally trained service animals. No, they're not.
1: No, they're just they're just someone's pet, and they. I think recently I saw online where a gentleman was actually kind of poking fun at it like yeah i got to bring my pet into the movie theater all i had to do was slap a vest on him
3: Oof, that's yeah. a tough that's a tough issue i'm sure it creates problems for those who do have real service animals every day like you yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it does
1: um i do get asked pretty frequently whether my dog is trained or if my dog is in training um, and that's where i was issued an identification card from the school that i went to to train with Bella. so i'm i'm able to just kind of pull that out and show them. And there's contact information for the school right on the card. So if someone has a question about Vala's validity of, of being a service dog, they can, they can get a hold of the school. And actually, um, another thing that happens to kind of safeguard against the the purchase and the availability of service dog harnesses is um, the Seeing Eye, which is where I went to train with Vala, actually put serial numbers in their harnesses, and I'm sure other uh, schools do as well, and that's just so that if they ever find out that Vala is no longer in service, they'll know that her harness has a certain number um, associated with it, and then they're able to make sure that I'm not, which I would never, but you know, not selling it on eBay or trying to make money off of it. What
2: about the identification Vala actually has? on
1: herself. has an ear tattoo. Um, she got it when she was a puppy and that is also just a, another way for them to identify her. She's also chipped so they, if she's ever in a situation where they need to wand her to find the chip they will see that she is a registered dog. The chip I don't believe has anything to do with whether she's a guide dog or not but at least they'll be able to trace her back to her, her origins.
2: And, and eventually they'll get it back and they say oh Danielle you're the owner's dog mm-hmm. and if they ask the vet that will verify Vala as a service dog yeah legit legit Like <laughs> <Right, laughs> kelsey that's
3: very important
2: dogs legit yes
3: when
1: well, she has her bling too. her tags on her collar uh one of them has my contact information and the other one is a uh, home again tag and that's from the company that issued her chip so it's very easy to find out that this dog isn't just my pet she's my eyes
3: so how, with the registration process, is it something that you have to do on an annual basis? Does she have to go back in to be re-registered, or how does that work? Is there an expiration date on her registration, I guess?
1: The only expiration dates, well, there's two of them. Um, Home Again issue has a registration date. Home Again has a registration expiration, so every year I have to contact Home Again and reactivate her chip so that she's current, and they know that if she is wanted or if someone scans the chip on her, that it is an active uh, chip. And then the Seeing Eye issues a new ID every three years, I believe it is, and you just get it in the mail, and it's, it just has a different expiration date, and it has your name on it and your dog's name on it, too.
3: Okay, interesting. And so, your picture. So is there any sort of, um I guess, how often do you have to pull out her identity are there a lot of scenarios where that's important?
1: More and more when we go into restaurants or other public places, yes. And that has to do, again, with people trying to have their dogs impersonate service animals. So it's it's important to always keep my ID. I always have the ID that has Valo's picture on it right behind my state-issued ID because you just never know. Okay.
2: This is a good spot for us to take a quick break, Danielle. What sounds, do you think?
1: Sounds good to me.
2: I'm Harley Thomas.
1: And I'm Danielle Crapo.
0: And you're listening to Blind,
2: Blind Living Radio.
0: We'll be right back after a word from Industries for the Blind. Milwaukee, the official sponsor of Blind Living Radio. Are you blind or visually impaired? Are you seeking a job? Well, Industries for the Blind is dedicated to hiring people just like you. Just go to ibmilw.com slash careers and find out how you can become part of our wonderful team of blind and visually impaired professionals. That's ibmilw.com slash careers.
2: Welcome back to Blind Living Radio. I'm Harley Thomas, one half of the hosting duo, joined by Danielle Crapo. Hi, Harley. Hey, and in our studio we have a special guest, Kelsey. Hello. Part of our marketing team here at Industries for the Blind.
3: It's nice to have the crew together. It is (laughs) good
2: to have the crew together.
3: It is. It
2: is. is. We don't get to sit in a very small radio very often. No. No.
3: It's it's a privilege to be in such close quarters. Yeah. With with me, right? Right. Right. With one half of the duo (laughs) and Bella. Well, it's Vala
2: that, that we all want to be close to. That's true. Plus, she smells so good. I'm going to get off the floor now. Okay. <laughs> so where were we, Danielle?
1: Well, we, we talked a, a lot about etiquette with service dogs and kind of the issue of having people have their pets impersonate service dogs just don't do a Good idea. And it puts up a lot more barriers for those of us that do travel with service dogs. That really
2: need the that service really need animal. them
1: Yeah. And I don't just mean guide dogs the kinds of
3: stuff. So, you know, a while back we, we ran um, a promote, well, I guess we were asking our social media followers to pose some questions about living with blindness. And one of the common questions was what's the proper way to lead a blind person if you're walking somewhere or helping them across the street. And um, I guess that's something that I'm curious about, too. You know, what is what is the best way to do that?
2: I know one way not to do it.
3: Don't run them into things?
2: That would be one good thing. <laughs> well, that's good. And remember show number one yes. where I said it's never happened. No, <laughs> my suggestion would be what if I took a tennis ball and tossed it? Vala, go get it and take you if I put the right direction. To- you
1: know, I think if you did that, uh, we'd have to evaluate some things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would be very wrong, wouldn't
1: it? That would be horribly wrong and unsafe.
2: Listeners, please. I'm joking. I don't need any more hate mail than I already (laughs) get.
1: No, Harley, in all seriousness, you are a very, very good guide. So some of the stuff that Harley does is an I personally appreciate it very much because I like to know what my surroundings are. So one of the first shows that we ever went to, uh, trade shows that we ever went to, was at McCormick Place in Chicago. And you had me grab onto your elbow, and you stayed one step ahead of me. And so that way, if I felt you going on the escalator or down a curb or something, I was able to follow suit.
2: I give Uh, you credit exactly what to do.
1: Well, you know, that's, that's just how we roll. But the other thing that I really appreciated that you did was you told me what was around me. Just because I can't see doesn't mean that I don't want to know what my surroundings look like. And, you know, I want to be able to visualize. And you told me McCormick was huge. So, I, and I appreciate that. And, you, you know, there were other details you gave me. You told me what, if that we were passing up Starbucks or, you know, a sandwich shop or something like that. And I, I appreciate that. And, um,
2: I almost you, didn't tell you
1: about Starbucks.
2: Exactly. Because, because of my
1: addiction. <laughs> then you would want to
2: stop. I think we had somewhere to get to. Is that possible? I hear Vala in the background. She is just, she knows we're talking about guide dogs. Hugs, you know, know what it the, is? She, what?
1: She was like, "Oh, Harley guides you now." Then I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm out of wow. here. Wow. Vala she, took it personally. She, she did. did. She,
1: yeah, she's a diva.
2: So Kelsey, that was a great. That was a great question, Daniel. What are some other things that I've done that that I do correctly? Yeah. For One
1: thing that I do like that is, it's funny when we are, you know, talking just in casual conversation, and we we might have a third party there, and, and you and I will be talking about TV or something, and you'll say, "Oh yeah, when you know, did you see this show? Did you watch that movie?" Me. And I know that you've been asked, right, Harley, like, you are supposed to ask her if she's seen or looked at something or watched something? Because it's a visual
2: word. I get asked all.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, truthfully, when I talk to somebody, I don't want them to look at me as blindness- and then a girl and then you know a person who works on a podcast or something like that i want them to look at me as a person and for the things that i can do and the things that i do and then oh and then she happens to be blind so by minimizing the awkwardness when you say have you seen did you watch look did you look at the the artwork that i sent you or the paperwork that i sent you you know those those words are very much in my day to
3: day use
2: i think kelsey even knows tell
3: i don't know all the words of the
1: dictionary. Oh,
2: yeah. All yes. the words of the dictionary. I have dictionary. heard this before, yes. And you'll hear it again. It will continue. Even my children have figured that
3: out. Yeah, that's good. That was one of the first things I learned after I came on the team. Teach them young.
2: <laughs> Teach them young. We now have a uh, next question. Of course, we have Vala, who really wants some attention. It's getting to be that time of day. It is. She should be used to that, though. We do this radio show around this time every week.
1: We do. She, You know, but the thing is, she gets really excited um, just to see new people. She feels like everybody's here for her purposes.
2: Well, and and she knows we're talking about guiding, so she just figures we're going to talk about guide dogs, but I think guide humans maybe should be the top of this conversation.
1: Yeah, well, and you know what, speaking of guiding people and and telling people about their surroundings, I know that uh, one question that you and I have been asked, Harley, is about um, the deafblind employees at Industries for the Blind. A lot of the same etiquette that would go into guiding a blind person goes into guiding a deafblind person. And actually, I was reading a little bit about deafblindness, and just because someone is called deaf, blind doesn't mean they're 100 percent deaf and 100 percent blind it were could you just,
2: reading using braille I, I just need to know
1: i was i was not okay i was listening i was listening to my computer say the words
2: i just wanted to check because someone near into your heart will ask
1: yes i know okay <laughs> so
2: our loyal listeners know exactly what we're
1: yes exactly so um You know, similar to blindness, there's not, with blindness, there's several degrees of it. There's not just 100% darkness or not blind at all. There's several variations of it. No two people see alike, and it's the same with the deafblind community. No two people have the same, maybe they can hear a little bit better than they can see, they can see a little bit better than they can hear, but a lot of the same etiquette goes into guiding a deafblind person. Um, If you want to talk to them, you would have to use sign language in their hand, but fear not if you don't know sign language, because you can also spell capitalized print letters
3: in their hands to talk to them. So I thought that was pretty neat. I didn't know that. Yeah. Something interesting that I learned about um, leading the deaf blind and just anyone with a visual impairment is always make sure you ask first, right? Yeah. (laughs) You don't don't want to sneak up on somebody. It's just important to make sure that they're aware that you're there and telling them what you're going to do.
1: Right. Uh, Because there's an instance, uh, there's an employee at Industries for the Blind where if you don't tap him on his shoulder to let him know that you're around, he will turn around and swing. And it's a protection thing that he does for himself which I frankly don't blame him. Well, yeah, if you have peanut on you time to time, nobody likes that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so really, it's it's just common sense. You know, when Harley and I are walking somewhere, he will ask, do you need an arm? And that's just his way of letting me know that he's there to help me. And a lot of times I'll say yes if we're in a dark place and I don't have Vala with me. Or even if I do have Vala with me and we're in a very, very tight space where maybe I would have to walk behind Harley, he'll just let me take his arm and then I can walk behind him and it's all
2: good. And sometimes you say, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Okay.
3: It's
1: good to have the choice. It is. Yeah. It is. That's that's what it comes down to, just common sense and give them the choice. And if somebody tells you that they don't need help, don't get offended because a lot of times they just want to be independent and they'll ask you if they need it to know.
2: You know, as a sighted person, sometimes I wonder if I'm going to offer assistance to a blind person. I'm afraid the day may come where I'll say no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad, right? Would I would have be... a really bad reputation then. <laughs>
3: Only no, like Danielle says that to you. It's okay. Yeah, just me. I, I like to
2: think I'm a pretty good guide, but I don't want to be on the sort of like the do not fly list. <laughs> the do not lead a blind person <laughs> list. That'd be I, a bad list.
1: I don't think you'll ever be on that list. You're pretty good at guiding. Okay, good. Well, guys, that was a great show. I enjoyed talking with you about these topics. And one
3: point to our listeners, please don't pass
1: off your pets as service dogs.
3: That is great advice and also great advice is to make sure you ask permission before you lead a blind person and describe your surroundings.
2: And you can also use every word in the dictionary. My favorite word in the dictionary, blindlivingradio.com I'm Harley <laughs> Thomas with Blind Living Radio,
0: joined with...
1: Daniel Crapo. And thank you for listening. We'll catch you guys later.
0: Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to and supporting Blind Living Radio. You can support Industries for the Blind by ordering any of our products from blind-made.com. That's blind-made.com.